Hi there, my name is Pete. This is Social Distancer. I've had a strange day today, very odd. A bit of a medical crisis. Um, uh, yesterday, I was talking about my wee wee being dark and a bit ready. Well, the first wee wee of the day today was blood. There's no getting away from it. It was proper blood. Blood. The bloodiest blood you've ever seen. I mean, this is, you know, Shakespearean blood, this stuff. It tasted great. And freaked me out slightly. And phoned up the GP. GP said, pick up a urine sample box. Did a wee-wee in that. That looked good. Looked like a um, Mark, what's his name? Mark, Mark Mark, Marky Mark. Um, you know, piss head. Is it called piss head? <laughs> piss Jesus. Who's that guy? The artist. Piss Jesus. Anyway, uh, looked like a beautiful block of solid red, lovely stuff. And my partner took it to the doctor's surgery and got a phone call like 20 minutes later saying come in in half an hour so we're breaking self-isolation and I was when we were waiting in the car for the uh, nurse to come out to give us a wave to say uh, this is you know you're here for an INR um, be, I did a bit of uh, recording in the car. So here is that. Yes, I'm wearing a mask at the moment. Hello, everybody. You're live from, well, I'm live from just about, from um, <laughs> the car park of my local GP. And my son has just asked, have I got the mask on? Because I've got a mask on, haven't I, Theo? Silence. Nodding. Nodding, yes. yes. That means yes, exactly. So um, it's extremely exciting. My red uh, wee-wee that I was describing with such poetry last night <laughs> is back with a vengeance. <laughs> and it's properly red, isn't it? Oh, it's so red. It's gorgeous colour. I'm thinking of bottling it and selling it on the old vino stall, you know. But anyway, I'm down at the... Uh, GP's just about to be called in for an INR test. We're all in the car. We're all, you know, they're, they're observing social distancing in a very good way. They've all got their PPE on, which is good. And I've got a mask on, which is exciting. So hopefully this isn't too muffled. Uh, anything to add? Yeah. Yeah, what? You're running twist. <laughs> I'm around the twist. <laughs> I think you, you you speak for the whole nation there, uh, but Theo disagrees. That's nice. Lovely, lovely. All right. See you later. So after that, then I got out of the car, did the INR. INR came back as two point five. So the INR. I don't know what that means. What that stands for but it tests the levels of warfarin in your blood. 
and you're looking for 2.5 2.5 is exactly what you're looking for so it's good that it came back there but there is a digression get ready for the introduction of a man that has become quite a mainstay in the kind of mythical story structure of our family it's a character i like to call giant doctor uh, picture the scene a couple of months ago pre covid-19 i uh, we we moved down to uh, county x from county y county y is many many hundreds of miles away from county x uh, North Yorkshire, County Wise North Yorkshire. It's Willie Meg's old seat. I told you that the other day. But County X is a long way away from County Y. We moved down. Both of us had the flu. We've got a three-year-old to, you know, parent. And, oh, mate, it was a right pain in the ass. But anyway, we did it. And we managed to get down here to County... What, X? County X. And you know pretty pretty good pretty good managed to do it uh brilliant uh, kind of effort of lots of our friends who helped us move in and sorted out everything really like built our furniture i mean we couldn't really do much because we were like both had the flu especially me i had the flu big time i developed a whole range of um, nefarious uh, enterprises like kind of medical problems off of the flu um, but you know I was kind of getting a little bit better on New Year's Eve then I had a series of phone calls now earlier that day I had registered with my doctor and I'd done an INR test to check my warfarin levels for the old in the old bloody bloody now you don't want too thin um, you know blood because if you have too thin blood then you start to get internal bleeding and that is not good so the higher the INR number the th uh, thinner your blood okay so 2.5 that's what we're kind of looking for anything over 5 is a sign that you know things are going south anything over eight and it's like all hands on deck we've got to get vitamin k into this person now because they might be bleeding internally and they might be dead in a couple of hours now uh new year's eve i've got the flu not feeling very good start to get a series of uh calls from a private number a number and I'm thinking, well, this is just some drunk friend of mine who wants to chat, and I'm not in the mood. So I keep declining the call, yeah? I mean, I don't know. I'm not thinking specifically about somebody calling. I'm just thinking somebody whose number I, is, you know, they're hiding the number, wants to chat to me on New Year's Eve, but I've got the flu, and I'm literally in bed. So, you know, go away, go away, go away. Very persistent, this private number constantly calling they called about eight times in the space of a couple of hours but every time they call i'm like oh, fucking you again fuck off and oh sorry for the swearing very naughty and anyway go to sleep it's new year's eve but we've you know we're still kind of recovering from the flu so we're asleep by you know 10 o'clock or something 
two o'clock in the morning, banging outside uh, on the old, you know, front door. Somebody out there shouting my name, Peter. <laughs> That's not my name, but I'm trying to, you know, have a kind of sense of anonymity, even though it says Peter Harrison on the damn description on the Google podcasts. So anyway, Peter Harrison, Peter Harrison, shouting like mad, like who the f- is this? Uh, partner opens the door. I'm upstairs because I've got the flu, so I'm sleeping on the kind of sofa bed upstairs, um, the futon, if you will. And he marches up the stairs. This man, I mean, I've never seen a man like him. He's like, you know, Tommy Cooper heft. We are talking a giant here, not Andre the Giant. You know, not obviously not Andre the Giant, but Tommy Cooper, like at least Tommy. Maybe, you know, Jay Rayner, that kind of, you know, giant guy. And who's taller, Tommy or Jay? Not sure. Uh, Kind of oddly beautiful, like a lot of doctors are, you know, like really kind of sculpted, you know, like a cross between Elvis Presley and the Statue of Liberty. Um, Just a little nod to you alien fans out there. And... He's kind of like there at the stairs, he like appears, like has to duck under to get into the room, appears at the doorway and wakes me up, you know, "Uh, who's this? Is it some angel? No, it's Giant Doctor. Giant Doctor tells me, oh, we've got the results. It's eight. You've got to go into the hospital now, which is like a half hour drive away, like, you know. Well, I mean, that doesn't sound too far, but when you're in bed in the um, yeah, two o'clock in the morning, it feels like, and you've got a three-year-old, it feels like, you know, undoable, basically. And that's what it feels like. And he's like, we have this conversation. No, do you think? I think oh, it's all right. Like I, he's saying, have you been bleeding from the anus? Uh, no. I probably would have mentioned that, you know, if a doctor walks into the room. Have you been vomiting blood? Again? No, I haven't been vomiting blood, Doctor. I've been sleeping, and now I'm talking to a doctor in the middle of the night, Giant Doctor. And Giant Doctor says, I do think, I strongly suggest, that you get yourself to the hospital as soon as possible. And we're like, I'm totally not into it. And my partner's thinking, well, maybe we should listen to Giant Doctor, you know, because of the old internal bleeding problem. The possibility of that. Anyway, go to the thingy. It's a proper war zone. I mean, this is, you know, um, uh, January the 1st, the morning of January the 1st. We get there at 3 a.m. People in the corridors, like, you know, old men, kind of partially clothed, with blood on their faces, on a trolley in the corridor. Nobody's, like, even, you know, attending to them. Uh, but like massively overcrowded and just the worst place you want to be <laughs> and anyway it takes us four hours to to kind of get the results back well to be seen I, I have to whenever because of my heart condition it is a nightmare going to a hospital because every you know my sats are 88 so that is lower than the you know the thing that 
means that you immediately have to be seen by a doctor you know which i think is i think it's 19 maybe it's 90 something 92 or 93 but 88 you know the alarm bells go off and you're immediately rushed into a ward basically and i have to do this patter like this ridiculous thing of no 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 i know that it's low but it's always low for me like trust me i am not going anywhere this is just my condition it's a very odd condition and this is the thing and it's so you know it takes a lot of energy to kind of have to convince people not to do their job basically um but it worked that time so i'm sitting in the uh, waiting room for ages anyway get the test and the test is fine so the INR has just gone back to down to you know normal levels just a little bit above like four or something which is the safe zone you know um so then go home no problem but there was a discrepancy because the hospital said eight and the gp's uh INR machine said um I think it was three, something like that. So a big discrepancy. So this time we went there. The GP today, the GP's INR machine said 2.5, but we said, ah ha ha, what about the giant doctor story that we're going to tell on the podcast tonight? Like, what about that? And they said, oh yeah, that's a good bit of the podcast. Of course, we'll send off the bit the thing to the uh, doctors at the hospital and see like we'll send off the blood to the to be tested in the hospital you know with the machine that works <laughs> and see if it's different so i'm awaiting a phone call that could interrupt my recording now uh, it is as i speak one minute to 11 so hopefully they're not going to call tonight and i really don't want them to now the good news is that uh, I'm not weeing blood anymore. That's really good. I don't have any other symptoms of um, internal bleeding. I actually feel absolutely fine. So the weeing blood may be something else. It might be the old, you know, prostate cancer and one kind of level of extremity. Well, not as bad as internal bleeding if you're going to be dead after six hours with it. Um, but it might be an infection. Who knows what it might be? Who knows? Anyway, they've taken the bloods and they have taken the urine. And if I don't get a call tonight, then I'll get some information on Monday. But all in all, it's been an extremely, as you can imagine, extremely stressful time, mainly because we had to leave the house. You know, all of us had to get in the car, as you heard in the recording. And, you know, when I came home, I changed all my clothes. We've washed the clothes twice because a friend of ours said, oh, you know, you've got to wash the clothes at 60. Well, we didn't know that. We'd already washed the clothes at 40. So they're being washed again at 60. And then, you know, I, I washed everything. Like I, you know, so we're being scrupulous, but it is uh, massively contagious. Boris Johnson's got it, Matty Hancock has got it, uh, Old Witty has got it, I mean he looks like he has survived it, and you know, every other illness going, so I hope he's okay, he doesn't look like kind of tip-top health, 
at the best of times. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, just being outside the house. And of course, they were, it was brilliant because everyone had PPE and I was like, okay, I'm staying back here. Uh, hello, doctor, I'm staying back here. Don't get near me. Like, we'll talk, but you stay there. And he's there in his mask. I had a mask. Um, and uh, various other people had a mask. The person who you can hear in the recording is my partner's sister. And she had a mask in her bag, and she gave me it, which is good. Um, so, you know, you, you take precautions. But, of course, you just have to kind of deal with the cards that you're dealt, as they saying, as I, as I bastardize that saying. You deal the cards that are dealt. You deal them back to the dealer. And, you know, if you are pissing blood and the doctor phones you and says, come in, I'm sorry that you're self-isolating, but you are pissing blood. <laughs> You've kind of got to do it. You know what I mean? Anyway, so all of this is like, you know, another day of, uh, you know, kind of high tension, high stress. Uh, I emailed my work today and I said, oh, like, this has happened, so I'm not really able to do any work at the moment. And, of course, they're absolutely brilliant about it. Um, I'm still trying to get into this rhythm of, you know, getting used to our situation, getting used to the idea of being inside, getting used to the idea of, you know, that threat that I spoke about a couple of days ago being outside. And as a friend of mine said tonight, it's not going to come through the window, you know. And hopefully it isn't here. Um, yeah, but we'll see. It's, it's been a very stressful day in lots of ways. And I have to remember about resilience, about, you know, kind of... I've stopped reading the news, which is... Um, I've never not read the news, you know. But I've realised now the news now... The news angle, if you're a journalist, what you're looking for are the outliers or the the juicy things. Because we know where this is going. We know that the deaths are going to mount up higher and higher and higher every day. But what we what they're looking for is the young, healthy people that are dying. Or the doctor that breaks down because they don't have the right equipment or you know some other kind of human interest angle on this that isn't about um, you know most people who are dying still have underlying health conditions and are still old I mean I suppose one thing that's good about you know reporting on people that are young and healthy it does shift that sense that it is only those with underlying health conditions and people that are old that die. Because of course it isn't. But from a kind of news point of view, you do want to go after the stories of the of the young and the healthy dying, you know. Um, and psychologically, for me, I'm not that interested in reading about that, you know. Because there's not much going in my favour, except for I'm not 80. And my, you know, I don't have a lung condition, although, of course, the lungs and the hearts are like, you know, absolutely, totally linked. And I do have low blood saturation, which is the reason why I'm doing all this bloody shit of not going outside, you know. 
anyway weird weird day like you're trying to find ways of kind of protecting yourself like you know mentally um shoring up yourself and realizing well actually like it's it's fine you know everything is fine and um moments of fantastic joy of course you know when you have a three-year-old or like a child that you're looking after you know moments of levity and uh, laughter every day you know um so a bit of a funny day thank you everyone who's listening and um Take care of yourselves. Stay inside. Cry not out. Have you not seen the thing about everyone staying inside and uh, you know pizza parlors being closed and so? Have you not? No. Okay. See you tomorrow.